podcasting day, and we've already ruined it. <laughs> so, let's get into introductions real quick so we can tell you what's going on. Uh, this is Rachel Vote. I am so happy to be here today, although I don't know that my best friend Anderson is. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. So, so let's uh, let's get them started with some some definite ways they can find you right now. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook, or you can search for my private group. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And um, I I've got some stuff happening, so you can find me on Facebook. Vote for parties on Instagram. Uh, watching my story, that's always a good time. I, I'm thinking I might put a picture of my husband up in high school. Aww. Well, I have to ask him first, because yeah. you know how it is. But I'm just going to tell you, he's wearing a kilt. He wore a kilt to his does high he school prom. He does! <laughs> and that's the other thing, too, is I want to... There's, like, four pictures I'll show you. He has yeah, hair. Yes. He doesn't even look like him. No. Yeah, so it'll so be funny. awesome. Okay. And, um... He definitely guest starred in his own cooking show yeah, last I week. Yeah, I heard his mom, his mom called on Sunday... And she's like, that was really great. And she said, now that you got out of the way, I guess you don't ever have to do it again. He goes, oh, I don't think that's the case, Mom. <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty sure that I opened Pandora's box. I'm like, I didn't say it. So anyway, um, so that was really exciting that Chutney is amazing, by the way. Really? Yes. There's still some in the fridge. I'm going to eat it for lunch. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back next week after we celebrate our one-year anniversary. Yay. Yeah. And two empowerment classes I'm super excited about uh, announcing for August. Uh, so... Let me know if you're interested. I got one on the 22nd and the 26th. And last but certainly not least, the VIP page if you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy. Please let us know if you need a safe space to hang for sexual wellness, intimacy, and lots of fun stuff. Uh, oh, and now I just think I should just add in there that one-on-one -on -one coachings are open and going really well. As well as awesome. in-home parties are back. If you feel comfortable doing them and squeezing them when you can, because I have a feeling that fall is going to... Yeah. We're going to have a repeat, I a think. Quarantine shutdown. I do. I, I believe so. that. Well, I, I believe that. The last I heard, I haven't looked into it for a while because I'm trying to ignore the news. But, Same. Um, that I heard something about California government was contemplating another two-week like sh government shutdown. Like, yep. I heard Colorado was too. So. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm really crappy to get stuck there. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we were giggling profusely at the very beginning because we had done it again we were talking about what we were going to talk about and we literally ended up into 45 minute conversation we were like we should have just, just started and push play so here's today today is going to be some catharticism and it has nothing to do with quarantine and covid except for the fact that it probably was initially sparked this whole sequence of events that we're talking about. Yes. So we need a purge day. So if you have been struggle busing, um, I would say, first of all, the weather got real crisp quickly, oh, so right? Nice. Oh, Do you so like that? Yes. Oh God, of course I'm upset. Oh God, no. I'm Yesterday upset. was perfect. This Today's morning. pretty... Today's really nice. I heard though that it was like forty nine degrees this morning. Yeah, when I was out, when yeah. I was out, it was only fifty three. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm sad that I missed that because I, <laughs> my pregnant ass did not get out of bed before ten a.m. this yeah. morning. Yeah, and I don't think I left my apartment until I came here. But it was so fast. It was like, well, there was a couple of days in July. I don't know if we're talking about the weather now, but I'm just, <laughs> I wanted to make this point that I said this in spring. I don't know where. I hope somebody. It was on a podcast potentially, but I don't think so. I predicted that the summer would be mild. Milder. Good. Because I believe that the world stopped. That it gave the, the earth a chance to do a little bit of healing. Wow. Can you just see how different do you feel like it? I mean, like July was July. There July was, was definitely July. some whew days. Yeah. But 
August is usually disgusting. It is. That's my point, is that Cole's birthday's at the end of the month, and I remember distinctly for, like, four consecutive years, like, oh, we had parties outside, and it was like, this was a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, everybody was, you know, worried last year about my wedding. My wedding was pretty warm. Yeah, it was. Even as it was the beginning of the month. Yeah. But to, here we are, it's August, and I'm in pants. Yes. <laughs> I, like, was packing up, because we're moving this week, and I was trying to see what I should put put in storage and what I should keep in my new closet because it's smaller. And I kept, I came across all these little sweaters and I was like, I was like, oh, I should pack these away. It's not cold yet. And then I was like, um, maybe I'll keep one or two out. Yeah, just in case. Cold. Yeah. Right. And so that's my, that's my point is that, um, things are, things are delicate, delicately different, I you believe. Know, and that's so, that's such a cool perspective or way to think of it because I, everything to do with quarantine, everything to do with COVID, I did not think about the weather. Once oh yeah, I, I predict that winter will be less crazy too in Nebraska, which I'm okay with. I am too. I I will say last year wasn't as crazy as I thought. No. We didn't even use our snowblower once. Well, yeah, and Brett does snow removal, and I think he got called out twice. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even like it wasn't in the middle of the night. It was like he got called out at dinner time and had to go yes. for a couple hours. So what I mean by my prediction of weather this winter is that we will like it'll, like because last year was mild. I don't want to say like I think that this yeah, is yeah. why it's mild, but I think it will be milder in terms of your. You're going to see more consistent like lights, like traditional style winter. Mm-hmm. You're going to, like when you was a kid and it was like, oh, around Thanksgiving, it really started to very, very pretty. And it was consistent through, I want to say February. I want no snow in March. Yeah. So that's my prediction. Universe and I kind of got a thing. So we're going <laughs> to see, we will wrap this back in 2021 and we'll see how it goes because <sighs> us child's here. Okay. Yes. So, um, so what we had initially started with. Um, and that's why we're talking about purging today is like, come on. Um, we all suffered a lot this year. I I believe that even for us who feel like, I feel like I got, I I got my shit together a little bit more. I feel like I really buckled down, but that didn't mean that I didn't suffer. Mm -hmm. Like I watched friends go through things, which affected me. I watched, um, you know, businesses change immensely some for the best and some unfortunately out of business so mm-hmm. there everybody suffered something and I do still believe that personally I went through some stuff too but that's my point is that I we don't want to focus on all of that stuff we had to focus on in the first quarter of the year I think it's like time to just recognize how how have you been since then like if you had to put a stop on today and it was like 2019 again mm-hmm. and you were like whoo okay so I made it through that thing do you feel like through that second wing of it which would have been summer in my opinion when it was so weird to have to consider social distancing and warm weather which I think was such like one of the things that people have struggled with it, yeah um especially the younger crowd that during that time was when I felt like I started processing like I, I haven't, I, I think that some people are still going through it. Oh yeah. But, but I feel like I'd already started processing. Oh yeah. I mean, you and I know that like for me, my situation I feel like is unique, but then again, everyone's situation is unique during this, but I really struggled at the beginning of it. Like I was on such a good routine, you know, I was over here doing business stuff five days out of the week. Yeah. We were doing yoga twice a week. I was working out mm-hmm. three other days of the week. Like I was on a really good routine January through through February yeah. and you know how many days does it take to make a habit kind of thing 21 days makes a habit 90 makes a lifestyle yeah, change. So, lifestyle change okay, so I was gypped <laughs> of my lifestyle change because 
spring break we had the kids so like that week was a little different and like I was mentally planning ahead for that week but yeah. then spring break break never it's ended never ended never ended never has ended. not ended nope and so Still got them kids yeah and so I I suffered really hard at the beginning of quarantine like the first week or two was like oh this is fun this isn't so bad why are people complaining like it's I'm, also like a nice break because we've been go 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 yes yeah. and I'm self-employed so like I wasn't having to report to work I wasn't yeah. experiencing those work changes like of transitioning to working from home but I was I did have kids every other week or every other weekend that we were trying to deal with but I was like my motivation disappeared very quickly my routine disappeared overnight Mm -hmm. um and I struggled to find any kind of routine other than Netflix and chill like it was really hard for me to do anything and so about two months like two months into it is when I had my identity crisis and like broke down decided like I was quitting two of my businesses that I was trying to get like to run and work one that I was just getting started but I had lack of everything lack of motivation lack of desire I was becoming a hermit crab that I was just like done with it like I'm just I'm hands up folding I'm not doing anything Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna focus on my photography business and that's it but even then I was collecting unemployment because of the CARES Act, because I was self-employed, and my photography business was non-existent at that point because we weren't legally allowed to see other people, um, especially in large groups. But ne- And then towards the beginning of summer, it was I was starting to get back into working. My clients were starting to reach out to me again. I was starting to book things again, did a couple weddings, which was so much fun. Um, so income started to come in again, and now it's we're kind of on this like backward slide again yeah. where things are going back to how they were in the beginning of March and I can already But with feel... resistance and that's so it's that's why it's different. It's different. It's different. But but my anxiety is through the roof and mine's not. Oh, mine is. Mine's not. I just feel like I get some slack for this but it's just like I I choose how I get to feel through it. Yeah. And um no, I feel that. I mean and I am pregnant, so I am hormonal. Like, we're 20 weeks pregnant now, which is awesome. So we're halfway through it, but my hormones have never been this crazy. I feel every emotion 10 times the intensity that I used to. Right. And, like, I cry more now at the drop of a hat than I've ever in my entire life. Of course. Because of my rough childhood, because of of the abuse and, and mental torment that I had with my family, I feel like I was a hardened like teenager a hardened young adult where I just didn't show emotion I didn't show sadness because it was weakness in my eyes and now I'm like you tell me that you dropped your ice cream cone on the sidewalk and I'm going to cry about it for two days because it's such an emotional thing for me well and that's important because there are women out there who are not pregnant that are feeling that way as well and so that's it's important to note that there there are feelings all over the spectrum and your feelings are yours and that is okay so I understand sometimes why people don't like the <laughs> sunshines and rainbows that come shooting out of my eyeballs, but um, along with other places, <laughs> sure, sure. But it's working for me, it so is. you know I'm gonna stick with it for sure. So one of the things we wanted to segue into was how can you try to add some tools to your tool belt? Like if you feel like maybe you need a couple extra or you have nothing to even start with, like what could you do to start? prepping, preparing for a potential second wave of mm-hmm. what happened in the first of the year, knowing what we know and also understanding that none of that even really matters because yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You don't so, know. so one of the things we were discussing is that how my, 
excuse me, my husband and I uh, started a new TV show and we were kind of stuck on what we were going to do. So we actually watched two different ones and none of it matters on what it was or uh, whatever, because the, the point of it was that they both were set place back one, both of them, I think. One of them was in World War One, and then jumped back to before oh. the first of the century, and the other one was just back when... In the Viking Age. Yes, correct. There you go. I was going to say, like, when people still speak, spoke Gaelic, like, oh, fluently. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so anyway, um, so both of those TV shows uh, were very good at painting the, the visual alongside all of the other sensory things that you would need to well, put yourself in that plot. I was going to say, I think the the important key there is that they helped you clue into the other sensory things. Because when Correct. you watch TV, you can hear things and you can see things. But Correct. you can't feel them, you can't taste them, you can't smell them. Right. And so one of my favorite things, I'm going to just squirrel moment this for a second because we're going to go back to in the moment because you know how Rachel is. Yes, yes, when yes. I was a um, kid, like 13, I think I was like 14 or 15, we went to Disneyland. And they have, obviously they have a lot of rides there in the my favorite ride by far was what they called a 4D ride. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, it was so new. Mm-hmm. And so this would be, like, we were watching a film in 3D glasses, but it was, like, a pirate film. And so there was birds that flew over the screen. And at that time, water would plop down on your shoulder, so it felt like the birds pooped on you. Mm-hmm. And the other one was the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And, like, when you were little, you got shrunk, obviously, and there was, like, big rats that ran, like, by you. And underneath your feet, they shot, like, I don't know, like, something, like, air maybe. So mm-hmm. it just felt like they were running by you. Um, and so on and so forth, right? So it was it added in this additional portion so you felt like you were in the movie and that always really stuck with me because like you had said that that that's things that are missing Mm -hmm. from most cinema but like if like I think that's what people get from watching scary movies because then it really adds in like yes there's always an emotional component like if you're watching a rom-com or whatever but when you have the suspense and the anxiety and the tense that's that's the added connection Mm -hmm. I think that you get from that that genre so um so yes as you had mentioned that's exactly what it was is like it talked about, she talked about, one, the, the character talked about how um, pungent the smell of the men were because nobody bathed back then or you didn't have running water back then. So all of these kinds of things. So that's what we were laughing about was like modern conveniences because in both shows there was a sex scene in both of the very first episodes of these shows. Um, that's how they hook you. <laughs> my, yeah, I think so. But one of, them was, one of them was full nudity. I don't think the oh, other really? one was. Was it on HBO or something? Yeah, I think it originated on Showtime, which makes oh, perfect okay, sense. Yeah, yeah. There's a screaming demon demon in my house. So if you catch some background noise, we ain't that sophisticated here. So anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. So that's what I told Jess is that when one of the shows, like the guy goes away for like a week and comes back and the wife is like, I can't wait to ride you like a bull. And like, that's what happens. And by the way, their 13-year-old son, this is, this is kind of what triggered this conversation, was outside the tent because that's what they lived in. Yeah. And, like, his uncle comes to visit, and he was like, where are your parents at? And the little boy just looks right at him and goes, they're having sex. Cause, and that was my thought, like, 35 seconds before was, when you lived in, like, an environment like that, like, I, where are you going to... Yeah. Kids. <laughs> like, or did you? Or did you... Did, was that just a part care. of life that was like, no, your parents have sex, and you're probably going to hear it, or the tent's going to shake. Shake, yeah. I was going to say, you're going to feel the side of the tent shaking. Yeah. It was probably just a normal thing, because I don't feel like as much shame oh, probably sex and things existed yet, because it was... Well, it's probably a lot nastier, right? Like, I mean, yeah. like, uh, where you see pre- depicted yes. in TV. But it was 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not as cleanly. Like, like when you say nasty, not like, just like, sure. like kinky sex. Right. Like, it was well, just like, people dirty. smelled and like, <laughs> yeah. didn't have a way to clean up yes. afterwards. Girl, I bet girls had UTIs left and right. Well, that, like, that too. Oh, God, but also, imagine. but you think about like, that's, that's stuff we don't know. You know, like yeah. when we compare like, well, I don't like to compare stuff, but like tragedies, like what's happening right now. And then you have like when the Black Plague happened and then you've had even like, like you don't even consider world wars or whatever, but not everything that exists today existed back then in mm-hmm. terms of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, UTIs, I'm just saying like penicillin, you know, was a life, like a literal life changer and yeah. game changer for yes, the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so people probably used to die from UTIs. Oh, like, I guarantee. Yeah. I guarantee I, it. I couldn't. I, I would. I would have died. <laughs> like I would have died. So I would have just given up and like, nope, can't do it. I'm, I well, can't hack it. it. Which also leads me to so that's one convenience, guys. Okay, so be grateful for the fact that we still have running water, that it's clean, that people smell decent, most decent, of the time. that we've created things like perfumes and deodorants, aluminum free ones, and washing machines, washing machines, and <laughs> shower indoor, indoor and soap. Oh yeah. So. It's hard for, I mean, you're like, of course, you're like, of course I'm grateful for that. But are you, like, do you ever think about the fact that, like, in this show to have water, they had to take, like, a bucket to a well where they pumped the water up and then they took that bucket back to wherever and divvied it among only a certain amount of people, right? And had to go back to the well that was, like, probably for the entire community. You don't think about those things. You don't. Um, so when you're able to kind of sit here in this mode and go, well, I... I don't have anything to be grateful for. I don't know what to be grateful for. Those are some things to be grateful for. It's not just about your big house that you want to get on the lake or your whatever. All of those things. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we were talking about. Yes. So, um, so some modern conveniences. So one thing uh, this, that kind of stems into the squirrel moment for me about things like um, birth control. Oh. Right. So I have talked to women over the years about birth control. I mean, all things. Um, but I remember one of my clients telling me about natural fa- family planning. Natural family. Mm-hmm. Fa- I said it wrong twice. Natural family planning. And that went against everything I knew about having unprotected sex because nobody had really even ever told me that was the thing like mm-hmm. to me that you say natural family planning and I'm thinking you're it's either pull and pray <laughs> or that's how I got worse <laughs> <laughs> right well and like or it's just you don't have sex until you're ready to start a, like to have another child like I have I have older friends I would say they're family friends that are like from Catholic families and I remember my mom having conversations with her at the dinner table and she was talking about something about, um, like, oh, we haven't had sex since the last kid was born. And I was just like, even at the young age, I was just like, that's a really long time <laughs> yeah. to not have sex. Well, that's one of the things yeah. is like, once you figure, once, once man figured out, like, this is funny because this is probably stuff that we can just Google everything. Right. But once man figured out, oh, that is how that happens, mm-hmm. which you don't even know how long that took. Right. Right. Do they go, oh okay, so do we just not do it? Right. Or was that, like, such a primitive mindset still that it was like, no, because when I'm ovulating, man sees that, that's attractive, body changes, we know to reproduce, like, natural animals. Mm -hmm. And so you just did it. And back in the day, like, 
things weren't as great. So maybe not all your offspring survived as much mm-hmm. and it wasn't, you know, modern medicine wasn't available. So all of those things is just like, how did we get here? Right. And so what did they do? What did they do? Did, did they not have sex all the time? Like, cause I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think. They just abstained until they were ready to have sex. And then once they got pregnant, they had sex like bunny rabbits because they had nine <laughs> they months. They had nine months. Of nine months. As much sex as they <laughs> wanted without fear of getting pregnant again. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I did, I did a quick Google search because I did not know. Um, of course, they talk about, you know, behavioral methods, which would be abstinence, withdrawal, or fertility awareness. Um, that's what they call it. Catholic Church was a leader in fertility awareness research and promotion, and this method was held has held some very interesting global views. Um, women in Eastern, Eastern Africa believe that abstaining from sex for a few days after their menstrual cycle could prevent them from getting pregnant. Ancient Egyptians, Alaskan Natives, and Native Americans figured out that it was more challenging to get pregnant while also breastfeeding. Ah. Which makes sense because... Hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you already have high hormones. Yes. Yes, exactly. So now it says, now let's talk barrier methods. Okay. Uh, more rudimentary forms of modern male condoms have been used since around 1000 BC. What? Yeah, I did not know that. No. When Egyptians used a linen sheath to protect against disease. So not even for pregnancy. That's because UTIs. Yeah. <laughs> In the 1500s, it, that would be, oh my gosh, 1500s, people started soaking their sheaths in a chemical sort of spermicide to protect against syphilis. And in the 1700s, custom con- condoms were being produced in London. Uh, the legendary lover Casanova, among others, used them to prevent more illegitimate children. <laughs> what is this? Quote, unquote. And in the more. 1800s is when... And it, thanks to innovations by Goodyear tires, rubber started its rise as the material of choice of condoms. Interesting fact, the New York Times even ran ads for these spiffy new contraceptives. Even though it was illegal. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. And so then through the 1900s, it says condom design started to change. Female condoms, FYI. So where did we go? A thousand BC Egyptians were using male condoms, but not for the methods we were talking about. So if you spin it up to the 1700s is when... Men started using condoms as contraceptives. 1980s is when female condoms became a thing. Wow. I've never used a female condom. I have not either. It's not very popular these days. Um, But it was like the thing in the 80s and 90s for the, the, what do they call that thing? Um, Sponge. The sponge. That's a female condom. Yeah. It's like this big. It's basically like a diva cup would be now, but for spermicide. Oh, weird. Yeah. I remember in... Middle school or freshman year of high school, like learning about the um, the like the piece of plastic basically that you put over the clitor, like over your vulva. dental dam, the dental dam, yeah, yes. mm-hmm. to protect against. That's like the, that's like the Egyptian sheath. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you could just like use the penis to like hook it, but then you would get like jammed in there. Yeah, you know, I always like, think of like a fruit roll up. Is yeah, what that's I think okay. Of. Honestly, like for some reason, I'm like I always want to call it like a banana wrap or something. Like, oh no, because, I don't think about that. Yeah, it, but you remember that toy also that you used to like write on with like a yes. marker earlier? It was like a magnet yes, thing. Yes, you yes. pulled it. That's what I think of. It yes, is, yeah. yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so not a, not sexy. <laughs> no. So be mm. ecstatic for the fact oh that God, you yeah. have more modern day options. Do they still suck? Especially for female males? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they all do. The, all the hormones that we pump into our body and birth control and stuff like that. Like, I just think that, I mean... Did you ever hear that they were, are in the process of making... They've actually... FDA 
like level to male birth control pills. I have. And yes. did you ever hear what why that didn't pan, pan out? If it has anything to do with side effects, I'm gonna lose my shit. It was. Oh my god. It was like, and listen, I'm looking at it because I don't know. It's 100 percent factual. Right. I should check on Snopes. But that's what they said is that because the side effects were like nausea and headaches and back pain, or like, it was like everything women experience during menstrual yeah. cycles and pregnancy. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like, I I mean I know there's dudes definitely some dudes that'd be like dude I would totally be willing to if I decreased the chance that I had to worry about that or that my female oh, yeah. partner wouldn't have to go through that stuff a hundred percent oh yeah I just think that you know or I guess I daydream because <laughs> sometimes I can be evil but I daydream about like in a hundred years it'll be just mandatory for society that like boys when they're sixteen get snipped. So because it's safer to shoot with blanks than to shoot with a loaded gun. And, and it's easy for them to undo the process. It is. It's easy, yeah. And where it's a lot harder to undo our process, if not impossible in some cases. Yeah. But yeah, so I think we should just start that now. Like, let's just start snipping everybody <laughs> before they get sexually active or whatever. Like, around the age that we hope that they're not sexually active. Just so that we don't have to deal with it. And then, bam, we population control, yo. There's your uh, presidential slogan campaign. <laughs> there we go. Like Population control, yo. Population control. We, women will be much happier because they won't have to take birth control and they won't have to pump their bodies through all these hormones and go through all these mental issues because of it. Mm. Oh my God. We would have such a happier society. You could have all the unprotected sex you wanted. All you'd have to worry about is STIs, which, you know, are still a thing, so worry about them. Get yourself <laughs> tested. But you wouldn't have to worry about, you know... A li- creating a living being that yeah. you didn't mean to. I, don't, I can't remember. I don't know who the comedian is, but I hear this clip all the time and it's about like sex is the weirdest thing that we can do as humans because it's the one thing mm-hmm. that you do where you're actively trying not to create something, but that, you're that doing creates something. That creates something. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it would be so weird if you were like baking a cake and you're like mixing all the ingredients and stuff and you preheat the oven, you, you throw it in there, but then, you know, 30 minutes later, you open it back up, and you're like, oh, thank God, there's not a cake. Like, it does not make sense yeah. that, like, we go through, we have all this sex, all, like, you know, all these orgasms. It doesn't make sense, but that it means that it's something you should be grateful for, is that you can yes. have <laughs> sex without having a baby if you want to. If so want I did to. find this thing. It says, I, I mean, it says it's from UT Southwestern Medical Center, so I don't know. I mean, they've got a COVID update on their page, so they look legit. Uh, this was a an article from April 2019. And they talked about the male birth control pill was something that was um, up for study and that the current oral contraceptive that was evaluated um, was given randomly with either the actual pill for 28 days or the placebo. Those who took the highest dose had lower levels of testosterone, uh, FSH, and LH. However, the study did not measure sperm count. But it does say some participants, including some on the placebo, reported mild side effects, mild side effects such as acne, headaches, mild erectile dysfunction, reduced sex drive, tiredness, weight gains of five pounds or less. They said that additionally, we would need to discover its long-term effects on the body. For example, we do not know yet whether it can cause depression issues or increase the risk of blood clots like the female birth control pill. Right. (laughs) So I'm giggling, but it's kind of sad. It's just like, we just really have the short end of the stick about everything. So we do. But honestly, like I, I hear, I've heard women say a million times like oh I wish I was born in a different century or like I wish I was born in the 20s or the you know the 1920s 
or I wish I was born in the 50s or the 60s or whatever. I'm like, yeah, do but you? like all of the other things that we had like rights that we didn't have back then, like I'm pretty happy with the progress we've made. Of course, I wish that we would at this point in 2020, we would have more progress, not just for women's rights, but racial issues, everything. But it's just like, I don't think I'd really want to go back to when like, yeah. Other things were taken away from us, like the right to vote or the right to have a job, the right to an education. Or the, the non-right to get, like, a bank loan without your husband's permission. Yes. Stuff like, like that. Like, literally, I, I've watched movies. The right not to be heard, owned by somebody yeah, else. I've heard documentaries where it's, like, women weren't even allowed to go to the grocery store for years without, like, a note or, like, permission from their husband. And I'm just, like... If I had to get permission from Brett every time I left my house, he would be so annoyed with me because I would be constantly calling him like, yeah, hey, I'm going to do this. But it's, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so the, the, the grateful perspective of that is like the, the greater good of all humanity, because, um, while nobody's perfect and we definitely have a lot of people, we hope kind of come, come to the hippie garden a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, there's a lot more men out there that are open. There's a lot more men out there that are softer. There's a lot more men out there who, you know, are flexible and fluid and, um, and as well as women, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of women that had to come from a perspective of what they thought being a woman was supposed mm-hmm. to be and be okay with it. That's cool for you, but it doesn't have to be for everybody and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to define what a woman is. So be grateful that you have an abundance of perspectives to choose from. And if none of them fit you, you get to write your own because back in the day, it was not as celebrated as it is today. And it could actually literally be life threatening for mm-hmm. you to live who you wanted to be, which is just crazy crazy to me crazy so be grateful be grateful for that so next (laughs) so yeah i would say the next thing is we can talk about some modern day conveniences i like to refer to this uh like during my class when we talk about you don't have to get up every morning go to a market Mm-hmm. get your meat, get your eggs, barter. If you don't have money, what is money anyways? If you didn't have gold. Oh, God, yeah. If you didn't have cash and you only had debit and then you had cryptocurrency. Evolution. 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 Well, yeah, and, like, I mean, you know, we were talking about the water and the well earlier, like, you know, communities having to walk to this community well or whatever yeah. and get water. I think sometimes I fail to remember that there are thousands of people on earth if not millions of people on earth that are still doing that and so it's not just the times that have changed it's the society that has changed and so i'm grateful that i live in a first world country like it i don't even know like that sounds weird to say and like my inner like person just like cringed a little bit because i was like oh my god your privilege is showing Mm -hmm. but it's like but you can you should still be grateful for that i'm so grateful that i live in a quote unquote free country because you know what does that even mean but like I can get in my car that I own that has four wheels and an engine that I own and I can drive wherever I want in the country like I don't have there's not you know men with giant guns at the moment standing at the end of my street asking me where I'm going tailing my every move I mean the, yeah the government might be tracking my gps through my phone but that's another story but it's like they're gonna be bored looking at mine <laughs> right but there's other countries where you know, they don't even have houses. They have huts. They have people with machine guns standing outside, you know, their their communities, not letting them leave. Right. They, you know, there's 
there's communities where they don't even speak like a language that they there's still a primitive island yeah that they they communicate in grunts and screams and body language like that i i like know a two-year-old like a two-year-old like i know it's it that i can't remember the name of that community but they've always fascinated me because people have tried have accidentally landed on their island or they've tried to go to the island and the the natives are like very hostile and like will attack you and throw like spears at you and stuff. And I'm like, but how cool, like eventually how cool would it be to be able to sit down and communicate with these people and figure out like how different their life is from ours. But then I immediately go to the, I do not want to be Christopher Columbus and bring oh, all yeah. of my white people disease and annihilate like, no, like let's let them be. They're happy. They'll figure it out. Like, well, they, clearly they've been surviving for exactly. centuries. It is 2020 and they are still living the, the way the people in our native country did thousands of years ago. So clearly that they're doing something right. So I think that's, well, number one, I want to say is that I looked this up too. Okay. So modern plumbing stems to approximately 1928. So that means that and that's like, that's the first plumbing code was published. It says so 92 years, less than a hundred years, less than a hundred years. There are people older than modern Correct. plumbing. <laughs> Correct. That's crazy. To That's think crazy about. to think about. So it has not been that long that you have had that convenience. Your parents had that convenience. Your grandparents might not have had that convenience at some point in their life. So think about that. Like that is crazy to me to think about that. Like, like so, you say when you're talking about other countries where they don't even have this access yet, it's not entirely crazy to think. Be, why not? Well, because it hasn't really been around that long. It hasn't. You know, when you think about things like um, structures, like housing and things like mm -hmm. that, as you the that can't it's the same kind of evolution right right is that it let's keep translating across the world so um i want to go back to what you were talking about in terms of having that recognition of your privilege which is definitely a thing to be here in this country for sure um I mean, that we don't want to hang out here too long about that part of it's like, where's the balance of feeling the guilt? Right. When you run into the guilt of it, like, how do you be grateful for it? Right. And I think that that a lot of people get trapped right there because that was something that for me, I went through a very wavy phase of, well, what does it all matter then? Like, if, if, if I might get shot down for trying to be a better person, then why should I even try? Or how mm -hmm. do I find, how do I, how do I be supportive, but be, um, informed as well. And sometimes people feel like because I have all of the things I have, I just don't feel like I can, I can contribute mm -hmm. or I, I don't feel like I should be at my best because all of these other people are not even to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And that's a mentality I think a lot of people get into. So one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was actually from Jen Sincero. Um, I took a coaching of hers. Yeah. It's, uh, um, and she said, what makes you think that by you suffering that you can be your best or what makes you think that if you hold back all the good things that you can do that that's a good thing for the earth and the planet and the community because if you're not sharing your gifts and your abilities and the things that you know then you're actually doing them a huge disservice um and while I thought that was that's really powerful it's also very very fast to add right in there like you had said so it's really your job to help others to get to where they want to go mm -hmm. because maybe some people have zero desire to have a 4d tv or a benz they just want you know something that's motorized or something you know yeah. what i mean but that's the thing is that we get so hung up as that as our lives become what we want them to be 
we think that everybody wants the things that we want. Mm -hmm. Not only, by the way, does that cause conflict because people all of a sudden want to keep it all for themselves because if I share it, then I won't have it. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's a lie. It's a scarcity lie. Um, I don't remember. That's the only thing I was going to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. So know that. Know that. And I, I believe in that now. Like when I, I used to, I used to come from a scarcity mindset of building an organization because if I have other women that are doing my job in town, how many clients will I really be able to have? And it wasn't until I detached from the fact that there's, if, even if you just looked at it from the city that you live in, there's no way that you're ever going to be able to service all of these women. And that came to a head when I started to get exhausted by how, how much I was working. And so don't do that to yourself to get to a level of understanding when I say that nothing is limited. Nothing mm -hmm. is limited. The things that are limited are only earthbound. They're only earthbound like the minerals, the oil that we keep stealing, the gold we don't even use anymore that's pointless. Like those are the only things that are limited. Making more money is never going to run out. Like they're creating different forms of currency as we speak. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's a resources are never going to run out. It's a man-made concept. It's correct. Not even, it's not even yes, we have physical money, but it's not a tangible concept. Right. It is literally just if I look at you and say that 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 dollar that you're handing me has zero value to me, you can't convince me otherwise right. because I I it's a concept that I don't agree to. Right. Whatever. Like. Well, and even if you were to hand that dollar bill to somebody from Australia, it's, yeah. what is this thing? Exactly. They don't even, well, it's not, it, it was a, that's a valid point. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, whew, that's powerful stuff, I think, because once you can kind of start wrapping your brain around that a little bit. Yeah. I mean. Nothing, nothing, you can't, you can't. And I, I relate this to my children, okay? If you need a really good example, like when we, um, we let the kids pick, like, here's you can have one snack for the week, and you make sure it lasts you all week, and if you run out before the end of the week, you don't get anything. Uh, so sometimes at the very beginning when we would get, like, Cole a box of cookies, they'd be gone on day three. And not that he would whine about it or whatever, but it's just, like, it was this perspective shift to say, listen, buddy, like, if you recognize, like, you could have two every day all week instead of eight today and eight tomorrow – like, what is telling you that I got to eat eight, I got to eat eight because tomorrow, like, I won't have eight more or whatever. Like, you're coming from this. And even from that perspective, you don't think about, but on Sunday, I can always get more. Mm -hmm. Like, they're never going to run out of chips ahoy, okay? Right. So not only do you put your body through that mentality of I got to do it right now, which I think that was a huge trigger for me with eating, like, eating out. Like, oh, yeah. I got to eat mm -hmm. all the food because I'm eating out. And I got to mm -hmm. eat all the food because I spent all the money. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can equate this to anything. You can equate it to money. People, and I think money is the biggest when it comes to scarcities because, mm -hmm. well, because you have to do something to get it. Yeah. Right? And that is accurate. But you have to do something to get food. Mm -hmm. Whether it's pay for it or barter for it or exchange services for it or apply for aid for it. You have to or do work, stuff yeah. to get for it. <laughs> work get for it. it. Work on the farm for it. Like. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So we forget about all of those things. And again, that's another really great example is that you don't look at your food. Yes, you know of a farmer, but you think about how the farmer has to plant and harvest and then has to barter with whoever he exchanges services with because it does not go from straight farm to table in most cases anymore. It should but it doesn't. And that's also sometimes a necessity in terms of convenience and accessibility. But I digress. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. How do you, what do you, what's your take on time? Do you think that that's a limited source or just a man-made concept? You really want to get into time with me? <laughs> yes. Shit, dude. Do we only have 20 minutes left? Um, time's not real. I agree. It's not real. It's, it's a hard, like, I struggle with it every day. 
because I look at the clock every day and I have things scheduled at certain times every day. But it's, I always come back to at the end of the day, I'm just like, like, I stressed so hard about getting this done in a certain amount of time or like we have to have certain ex life experiences in a certain amount of time. And I'm like, the oh, time, time that particular real. time. Well, I, mean, I thought you meant like four o'clock today. Like that's not really there. But it's not. It's not real. And the, not that is a real. very difficult thing for people to, to wrap their brain around. And here's a couple ways that I got there. So number one, literally, if all human existence no longer resided on planet Earth, the Earth would keep spinning. Mm -hmm. The Earth would keep rotating. There is no time. Planet doesn't care if it's noon. Noon means nothing to the planet. It sees the sun 24 hours a day. So time is something that we literally only created for scheduling purposes. Mm -hmm. There was no other reason than I need to know when to meet somebody. And that's truly how it evolved. And I don't, I would have to Google this. I feel like I was told that time and hours were created for farmers. Like it all stemmed back from like. It, well, I it know was... that daylight savings time was supposedly based on that, but it's yes. actually for the golfing community. Did you know that? Golfing? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah, they like com convinced politicians to enact the law so they could have extra golfing. That's time. Such a rich white man move, right? <laughs> like I was like ridiculous. I was like sleazy, brilliant. <laughs> you disgusting. I <laughs> was so funny. But like, yeah, like time started at like it was a much simpler. Like we didn't have all the minutes and hours of the day, but like way back when, when farming was that makes sense. One hundred percent manual labor and not automated machines. It was sunrise, sunset. Correct. And then they, then it became depending on where you lived in the, in the on Earth that people started to realize that there were seasons. Like you know, it's cold some sometime. Mm -hmm. Some days it's cold and some days it's hot. And then they started to track it, and that's how we got seasons. And then it became like they started to track how how long the sun was up in the sky during those seasons. Right. And that's how they started to break it down into hours. But I'm pretty sure, like, it might have been the Mayans. I don't even know. But I'm pretty sure that it stemmed from farming communities. That wouldn't surprise me. Just because they needed to better predict um, when when to plant things, when to harvest things, and how much daylight that they had. Because it was all, it was all pre... Like, the initial concept of time was all pre-electricity. Right. So they had to base everything off of, like, sunlight. I need to know approximately how much sunlight I'm going to have tomorrow. So that I know approximately how much work I'm going to get done tomorrow. Right. So it's, but it's all man-made. Like the earth, you, like you said, the earth was spinning before us. The earth will be spinning after us. And it doesn't give a crap about your four o'clock yeah. Tuesday podcasting time. Like, Correct. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. And even in that moment when you realize, here's what, and this is what it's funny when you talk about like California to New York, mm -hmm. right? Like right now it's two hours behind in California. And when you say two hours behind you, even though it's happening in this moment, don't tell me you don't think that these people are behind you in time. Yeah. And that's where we f everything up, right? Like it's it's tomorrow night in Australia right now. Yeah. It's tomorrow night in Australia. They're living in our future. Pfft, no, everything is happening right here in the now. Um, and that that's a, that was a that's crazy to me. Like when when I got into that concept for personal development, that's a that's a speed bump you can't go past. You have to learn about the power of now. And I like rocket speeded through that mm -hmm. speed. It's not the word I rocket sped through that. Like I got that so quickly that I was shocked at how fast I got it. And that, this is a, that's really important to me because this next thing I feel like is some people go, Whoa. And then other people go, doesn't even make any sense. Maybe this might've been us. We talk about past. Yeah. 
The past doesn't even exist. Like, the beginning of this podcast doesn't exist anymore. Correct. The end of the sentence no longer exists. Or the beginning of the sentence no longer exists. Yeah. And even you, in this conversation we were having before, you were so involved in your past right now that it's affecting your current present and future. Yes. uh, Over something that does not exist. And here's what's funny. Not funny. Okay. Um, I don't know. Depending on where you are in personal development. It doesn't exist physically it still exists but it exists the thought forms exist memory and emotion correct exactly and, how, and the power you gave it also true because the power like the same moment i lived that affected my life five minutes ago your perception of that even though we were in the same room was yep. different so different. i could have i could have attached a different emotional significance to it in my own mind right than you did so that that moment five minutes ago might last for me forever because it'll always be a in my mind. And I might never think about it again. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's weird to think about. We have so much power to our past. We have so much power to our past. We have some, and like, like I, this is the conversation we needed to have because (laughs) this is what I'm struggling with. And it's, it's things that, that I'm giving emotional attachment to emotional power to from my recent past, things that have happened within the last week or two that I can foresee, or I believe I have made myself, I've convinced myself that the decisions, actions, whatever took place in the last couple of weeks will directly affect the outcome of my future. And that's where my my circle of, of getting stuck in this thought process of, of how sucky it is and mm-hmm. how like like I'm so emotionally upset about it and like I just I have all of these emotions attached to the the events that took place in the last two weeks because I I've convinced myself that it will have a negative impact on my future. So it's, it's, I'm living in the past and I'm worrying and stressing out and having anxiety about the future because of what happened in the past, instead of recognizing that like right now, right this minute, I'm sitting in a room with my best friend filming a podcast. My, I, I have my, my bonus kids, my step kids today. We're going to have a great freaking day because we just got the keys to our new apartment and we're going to move in and the kids get to decorate their own rooms, which is awesome. But I'm still like thinking about like my brain is still autopilot going back to, well, those decisions that were made two weeks ago directly affect how much time you're going to have with your stepkids in the future and how your relationship that you have with your kids in the future. Because you're in just, my brain, you're, you're doing the same thing that you do with everything and all humans do. do. So well, I don't. All humans do this. I don't think all humans do. They do. I think modern, they do. I think people that live in modern societies do. Um, I don't, well, the I don't problem think is that we don't know. We don't know, but I, I can for, or I can see it makes sense to me how this is a learned behavior and not something you're born with. Oh yes. That, yes okay. yeah, yeah. 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 I would agree with that as well because that's how we've learned to cope. Yes. And that's funny that you say that. Cause I was thinking this morning, um, on a way home from the grocery store. Um, I wonder if we do that as a coping mechanism because things are so different. Like primitive man had genuine fears of big beast, hot Mm -hmm. fire, cold conditions, night, yeah, yeah. Um, disease, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. And so now we don't have that preoccupation in our brains. This is, that's how we've gotten here to to anxiety and depression over things that we should not have anxiety and depression over, especially over emotion, Mm -hmm. right? Especially over emotion. Well, it's one of those things that like, I'm, I'm, it's funny that the beginning of our conversation, like, I don't, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't, I could not have guessed that this is where the conversation would have led when we started talking about modern conveniences. But if you think about 
Like, I think that we could blame modern conveniences on why the world has so much anxiety and depression right yeah, now. Oh yeah, I agree. Because all of those conveniences have given us back more of that time yes. into our lives. Yes. Because we don't spend as much time walking to the watering hole or yes. killing our own animals, harvesting our own food. Yes. And so now that we have all of this extra time and we are not doing the things that are we were put on earth to do as primitive humans... Now we are literally sitting with our thoughts. Yes, more now, more now in this moment than any time in history, have human beings had more time to sit with themselves. Correct. And we are. I think our brains just have no idea what to do with all of it. Well, but we started doing it at the turn of the century anyway. Yeah. And then now we're here, and so that's why we're the sickest, we're the most unhealthy, and and you also have to look at that trend as more developed countries. Oh yeah. Because I have heard from countless people that if you, if you do, let's say India, for example, I know somebody specifically that went to an Indiana trip. And if you don't know, it's not a very rich country. It's not a very rich country, but the people are genuinely rich. Oh, they're happy. They are, they're friendly. It it gives me like goosebumps and I'm like mentally patting myself on the back because when you said India was not a very rich country, I was literally like, are you sure? Because I always think of them as a rich country mm-hmm. and it's because economically, yeah, yes, yes, monetarily, economically, they might not be a wealthy country, Correct. but they as a society are very rich and full of culture. And I cannot wait to visit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and they are on the rise. I actually learned a little history of that from Deepak Chopra, by the way. Oh. Um, but they, they are coming back and I'm, surprise. I'm pretty sure it was a white man that ruined their economy. Probably. So, um, I, what I wanted to talk about was that when you talked, when you were talking about like being in that loop, right? Mm-hmm. So, I always think about like, so this is so crazy. So you're the circle, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the circle. You're in the middle of a circle and you want to envision a circle anyways, because where is your level of control? Me, myself and I. Right. In that circle. Yes. Right. You can only control these things immediately around you, which we know, but we don't acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And then as we get into personal development, we, we, we know it more. We acknowledge it slightly, but we forget. Yes. We slip back into the old habit. And then we get better. We know a little bit longer. We become way more aware, but we still go back to our old habit, right? So remember, if this is you, this is normal. And if you are more frustrated in your life than you've ever been over things, you're probably there. Mm -hmm. Like I have to say in personal development, not frustrated in other things. You're frustrated with stuff like this because you're like, why why does it feel so shitty? It feels so shitty because you're rewiring your brain. You're allowing yourself to feel the crap. Instead of defaulting to the thing that you don't want to feel. Yeah. Right? You're addressing the issue instead of Correct. Even in the thing that, the thing that sucks the most about is that you might not even know why you're feeling crappy. You just know that you feel crappy. Mm -hmm. And this is um, something that I feel like when you get into talk therapy, talk therapy is so important in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And if you work together with that in personal development, coaching, mentoring, whatever, you're pretty much an unstoppable force. And I believe in my heart of hearts that therapy is slowly moving away from this. Um, at least in my personal experience, but traditional talk therapy was a lot of talk, 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 talk. That's why I call it that. And hopefully maybe discovering your initial emotion, uh, memory trigger to why you behave the way you behave now. Mm-hmm. I believe in 2020, Rachel, that you do not have to re recycle the pain. I do not think that you have to continue to suffer to figure out why. If you're aware that your your eating is terrible, should you know should should you get to the behaviors? Yes, but that's the more important part. There's no seed that you can unsow, mm-hmm. right? It's just pulling the weeds from the stems that have branched out into the, all of these behaviors and emotions that you've attached to it. So, that's one thing I think is important to kind of hopefully expedite your change for you. But the other thing is that when you're in when you're in your inside your circle, 
okay? Of your circle of control is going around you, right? And where you're at, in my opinion, in the circle, you, not personally you, but what we're talking about, you as the individual, that's your present now. That is you. That's those two halves of one person. That's your soul and your body. And it's all one thing, right? And it, it's meant to live here in the now. That is its purpose. But what we were talking about is that the loop outside of your control is that swinging from anxiety to depression and every shade of that because we're so distracted by the things that we're not supposed to be thinking about, right? Mm -hmm. That's always going to happen, that your brain is always going to come from a place of convenience. So you're always going to pull from your past, always, because that's what your brain knows. And your brain's job is to take every single thing that you've ever done in your past and quite literally project it into your potential possibilities. Did you hear what I said? Like 34 years of past experiences and all I'm doing is learning to cook a new meal and it's going to have to project billions and billions and billions upon billions of potential things that could happen from there. Mm -hmm. And my brain thinks about that all the time. There's no way any human brain can fully function in that way. So what does it do? It has to pull from your memories your factual experiences because it's convenient to get Mm -hmm. you going to get you moving right so that's always going to happen and it's always going to project those possibilities into the future so if you choose in this moment not to hear what i say it is shame on you from here on out because once you know you can't unknow you literally will be the person who creates by design if you choose to do so because if you don't it will create by default if you continue to go off of those circles, the anxiety, depression circle. That's mm-hmm. going to happen if you do not rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So why is that important? Because what you had mentioned I thought was really powerful about, um, you know, primitive mm-hmm. human. Um, when we talk about, like, building the well, constructing the well, going to the community well, that's not purpose. That's not the purpose of human. Human was not meant to suffer in inconveniences. And I think that's part of the distinction is that we feel guilty for them of that as well. Mm-hmm. Human's purpose is literally creation. It was literally to be on earth to figure out how to build the well, to figure out a more modern convenience about modern plumbing. And that's where we came to bottled water, which is ridiculous and not the path we should go. But that's the evolution of creation. Mm-hmm. And how this this angered me yesterday at the park, but that's how we got here, right? Is that if you think about it, you can't from river water, ocean water, whatever you had to purify, figure out a way to do that. You went to a well, you ended up with modern plumbing, and then we ended up with bottled water, which parks right now don't even have access to clean water through fountains because Mm -hmm. we can't. Because of COVID. And now we're almost in an area where we can't use cash in some areas and we can't use coin because there's a shortage. So you see how there is, the world is evolving. Mm-hmm. It is changing and we fight it because it's not what we know, but we also don't have control. Mm-hmm. So your job is to be a creator, point blank. So if you were the creator of medical marvels, that's your thing. If you were the creator of beautiful relationships, that is your thing. But most people think when they think creation, we think nine to five. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. It's about defining what your life will be. And if your full-time passion of creation is being a mother, then live it. If your full-time creation desire is to be an entrepreneur, then be it. If your full-time desire is to work for somebody else in a nine to five and create their dream, I don't believe you. 
You just haven't discovered what your passion is. And I don't want people to think that when I say you work for corporate America, you're not living out your dream. You could very well want to be an executive or the best customer service representative that ever, ever worked in a call center. Mm -hmm. That is okay. And I do believe that some people have fulfillment from that, but I don't think most people do. No. At all. Yeah. That's powerful. Oh, hey, thanks. You wanted to talk about time. <laughs> yeah, well. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. And I'm telling you, like like I said, to me it is now, it's not second nature. It's my first nature to know that this moment is the most important thing. So if I am on my phone doing something and my tiny person is pulling at my shirt, it is still a habit, but I put that phone down and I pay attention to what she needs. That is the most important moment because it's right here right now, right? This pre-scheduled Facebook post can wait until she goes down for a nap when I have my designated work time in my office. And that's powerful because previously, 2018, Rachel would have had anxiety. If I don't do this thing right now, what happens if I forget? If I forget, then I'm not going to have the business. If I don't have the business and I'm not going to have the extended business. If I don't have the extended business, I can't work for myself. I can't work for myself. I have to go back to a nine to five. If I go back to a nine to five, I will die of boredom Ugh, because I'm supposed to be a creator. I'm literally living that whole scenario right now. Get out of it. I know. It's... Ah, but I know, I, I know, I, can, I know I can sit here and say it. Mm -hmm. I know, but you know too. Yeah. And I, it, it sucks to have gotten so far in personal development and fallen so far back because I literally feel like I have split personality disorder in my head right now. Like not legitimately cause that's a legitimate thing. And like, I know I don't suffer from it, but I have one side of my brain saying like, Oh, it's okay to take some time right now because you're, you know, you're growing a baby and you're going through all these emotions and all these other stressors in life, blah, 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 whatever. But then I have another side of my brain that's like, but you're always going to have something going on in your life. And if you don't figure out your shit now, when are you going to figure your shit out? And it's like, it sucks to know the, like to, to hear the excuses and to hear the bullshit and like coming in my own brain and then to hear my inner thoughts, call myself out on it, but still no action taken. Like like, I still don't get the yeah. motivation from it. You are at a place where you got to rewrite. You got to rewrite what now needs to look like because you still have an expectation of what it was going to be and it's not there no more. Mm -hmm. But the the problem is, is that you also feel like, well, I'm, I'm this is my assumption it, in your monkey mind is telling you that it can't be, it can't be better because it, it's good right now, but look at all these things that are stacked against you. So you're trying to, you're trying to figure this thing out and you don't like it because it's not where you want to be. Mm -hmm. You have to give yourself that permission to, you still, regardless of the things you do not have control of, you still have control of creating your life by design. You just don't think you do because you feel powerless in this moment. Stop giving the power to other people. Oh, it's so hard. It's not. It's hard to rewire your brain. It is. It's... Yeah. But the difference is that you've been there before. I have. Yeah. So what I told you at the beginning of this podcast before we started recording was that you were putting too much on yourself that you, and I would assume that this is, this is kind of like fatigue of personal development because you've had the tools in the past. You feel obligated to carry all of this because you think that you can at the moment. And that's not the answer. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a moment of expansion and the and moment of expansion is always uncomfortable because what you will learn after this is what you will not tolerate anymore. You're discovering in this moment what you do not want in your life and that sucks because you don't want it, but you're hyper-focused on the fact that you don't want it. Instead of focusing on the fact that you've now recognized this is what I do not want, I do not want to feel this, how do I change it, you're stuck on this. Mm -hmm. That's okay. People get there, but just recognize that you really do have the choice and I know you're not there today, but maybe tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe next week by podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, so let's wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry to leave you at the bummer, guys, right. but it's not really a bummer. It's just like we said, it's just 
it was cathartic to just talk it out, get it, get it. Yeah. Knowing that you're still not alone, knowing that people are going through shit. Cause we all are, yeah. we are. And it, we don't have time today. I mean, I even discussed with Jess that I had a, a mini quarter, another, another tiny little shake of a crisis for myself. We'll talk about that on another day, but people are still going through it, but I'm not letting it define me because I, I can't, I can't survive that again. I don't want to. So we, this too shall pass. And my new affirmation, by the way, is I am making this so. So if you need to steal that, steal that. I am making this so. Tell them where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for Boudoir Photos with Anderson. Or you can just, you know, add me as a friend because I like friends. Because she likes friends. And clearly, if you feel like you're going through something, especially a pregnancy, message her because you oh guys God, could yes. bond for sure. Y'all know me. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, empowerment classes, cooking in my husband's kitchen, getting that launched. We got to go. We got to wrap it up. So stay happy. Stay healthy. We love you. Wash your hands. Bye. Bye.